At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Just wanted to take a brief moment to give you guys a little idea how we do it here at Paddle and Fin Podcast. We use the Anchor.fm recording platform. Super easy, distributes our podcast to many, many different platforms. There's creation tools to allow you to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. Check out anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. Welcome back to the Paddle and Finn podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Jay. This is Ricketts. <laughs> I want to do like a Three Stooges. Alrighty then. I, I don't I even swear. have a first name anymore. It's, yeah. it's, it's just I'm Brian. I'm Jay. Yeah. And it's Ricketts. You know, here's the thing. You guys have cool nicknames too. I don't have a cool nickname. We got Brian the Toe Shiller. Right. <sighs> We have Jay, the looks, Randall. <laughs> the looks, that's right. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm just Ricketts. <laughs> Ricketts, the rackety, rickled. Do I yeah. even want to know why I'm referred to as the toe? The toes. The toes. Because every, every time I see a picture, that's I don't see the fish. I just see the toes, and I compare it. Because like, I know you're a tall dude. So I look at the I look at the bass and be like, okay, is he lying about the size of his bass? <laughs> yeah. And I, I'll measure it up to his foot. <laughs> so, Jesus. If it's bigger than his foot, then I know it's a legit fish. You know, I'm like, okay, oh, he got okay. good fish. All right. <laughs> that started off awkward. <laughs> so, welcome back to another fun-packed episode of Paddle and Finn with your three goofball hosts. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I don't have a nickname. Somebody needs to come up with a nickname for me. 
the bearded wonder. Posted yeah. up on the a bearded Facebook wonder. Page. There it is. The bearded wonder. Yeah. It's not like bearded a... beauty, but I was bearded wonder to do. Bearded wonder. Wait, wait. You said you said somebody's got to give me a name. We give you a name, <laughs> and you openly like. Go, oh wait, that's not good. Enough. Like I was really going for this. So if you could just repeat that again. I had it in there. I had it in my head already. The bearded was... beauty. Just wait for the opportunity. Oh, oh my man. lord, dude. <laughs> well, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we got a ton of stuff to talk about. I mean, let's let's start off with the actual podcast, right? So, obviously, you guys have seen we've added a ton of content recently, right? We got, uh, uh, as you heard yesterday, uh, Ryan Milford with the Bass Fishing for Noobs section. Uh, Thursdays we got the product review going. Uh, this Thursday, uh, Justin and Josh are talking about paddles and reviewing some paddles um, that they've used. And um, you know the the real down segment, the tournament uh, recap segment. We got FLW KBF champ coming on, uh, so look forward to that. Um, but uh, we're filling in this Wednesday uh, because Susie's doing every other Wednesday. But uh, we have something lined up potentially to fill this slot. So we figured we'd give you a um, another episode of the OG show. We had Mike McKinstry on with myself and Jay earlier in the week. So uh, what are you guys' thoughts about all the content, all the shows, stuff like that? I love it, man. It's uh, given... A little bit of something for everybody every day of the week. Why not, man? Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean that way we're gonna have a lot of places to pull from. Plus, I think the content between the segments will make it. I don't know. It'll just create more options. Changes it up. Draws yeah. in different yeah, audiences absolutely. and stuff. Yeah, I know. Uh, there's been quite a <clears throat> few people that have reached out. Super excited about it. I know. Uh, listenership. I guess if you want to call it, has started to increase because of it, which is great. So welcome all you new listeners to the podcast. So, um, yeah, man, I'm stoked. Yes, thank you for your support. Yeah. We greatly appreciate it. I like yeah, I'm excited for the product review, too. I think that's going to be, I think, I think we're going to provide an, a platform and an outlet for people to get really honest reviews, not YouTube pay-per-views. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. I think it's going to be that one's really going to be a kicker. Yeah, you know, real real dudes using real stuff, man, and not in the pockets of a company and getting real reviews. I think that's going to be money. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It'll be cool, man. I know uh, we've already got some companies lined up that are sending us some stuff. Are we just going to ignore the werewolf that <laughs> yeah. we just heard. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's like, it's normal. It's, just, it's my dog. Yeah. Oh. yeah my, that was a that was a that was a nice bellowing howl. That was uh, pretty that amazing. Was, uh, yeah. What kind of dog do you have? He's uh part German Shepherd, part yellow lab. Wow, that was like a werewolf of London yeah. howl, dude. Ryan was ready to get murdered. He's like, it happens all the time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> his name hasn't made it through the door yet. His name's Trout, one of my favorite fish to chase. So but yeah. uh, No doubt. That's a cool name. Jay, what a cool name for a dog. Jay, Jay knows the the drill. I'm sure he saw yep. somebody walking down the street with their dog or something. That's why I just ignore it. But <laughs> uh 
Yeah, now that you sidetracked us on the werewolf howl. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time I heard it. You know, I'm like it, it's, looking out my window. Like I won't lie. It, out there. I think it's happened a couple other times on the podcast for sure. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, is what it is. Good old trout just uh, protecting the home front here. It's our, uh, new, it's our new effects uh, options. Uh, we can only afford one at this time. Yeah. And it is that howl. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we'll work That's on other great. stuff as we uh, move, you know, get down the road here. Trout. So what were you talking about? Trout, oh yeah, product reviews. Yeah. Trout's a pa- paddle and fin mascot. We'll name them that. But uh, yeah, I know uh, we got some companies already lined up, sending some stuff to get reviewed and. You know that's the deal that you know we're we're approaching these companies with is you know if if you're afraid of us listing the cons of your product don't send it don't so send it. um yeah it's it's absolutely 100 percent honest uh you know it's it's not that we're promoting something to get a paycheck or anything like that we want to actually help out the fishing community and give an honest feedback from honest average dudes so and I know and we if gotta, you're a company that's scared to send it, that's a tall tale sign right there that it probably wouldn't get a review. Yeah. Get a good review, you know. Right, right, right. And I mean no, that, I, Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I, I think even with any any cons with any product, it's still helpful to the company. Absolutely. Well because yeah. they need to know that anyway. Yeah, and I think you know what, uh I think Luther touched on that briefly on that episode when we had Luther Cyphers on. He's like, you know, uh, when we were talking about the social media stuff and things like that, you know, he's like, you got to be have your finger on touch with the community and take the negative feedback back home to the drawing board to make your product that much better. Some absolutely. And that's just a thing. You know, it's, um, you know, let's be honest there's no product out there that is 100% perfect no, no. in anything you know so i mean yeah. you know every product's going to have a, a con here and there you know but um you know before you go i mean i saw a figure the other day that there's like 1.6 billion dollars spent on fishing products every year wow Oh, I'm sure. $1.6 billion. So if we can save you a few bucks from, you know, um, either buying the right or wrong thing, we're all about it. Luther's outlook on stuff like that is very cool, too, man. He looks at it as a gift. He doesn't look at it as as a negative. Yeah. As somebody griping or complaining. Yeah. He looks at it as a gift and says, thank you for that. Now I know what to tweak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Everything needs constructive criticism. It only helps to improve it. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Very cool. um, Yeah, some interesting news came out from uh, Mr. Hoover this week on the way in with Scott Butcher. Um, I don't know if you all caught that. I didn't get Drum to catch roll. that, no. But uh, Mr. Butcher <laughs> drilled him with some questions that the kayak fishing tournament community wanted to know about in direct relation uh, you know, to what's going on with KBF. And um, you know, the big thing that I'm sure both of you have seen and I'm sure many others have seen was uh, payouts from KBF. Yeah. And he addressed that situation. And, um, 
he's saying, you know, basically there was a procedure in place before where W9s had to be filled out by all the tournament winners before payouts were made. Um, so they have since changed that to where if you have a W9 filled out, they can pay you out right away. The people that don't, wait to get paid, um, which makes sense, right? Um, so he is guaranteeing, uh, he guaranteed next season um, a week or less you'll get paid out for mm. your tournaments, um, which I know I just saw that event at East West Harbor. Um, they paid out. I saw somebody got paid out in 10 days. Uh, I think that mm. was, uh, I saw that from David Brook. Shout out to David Brook. Um, got paid out in 10 days. I think I saw somebody else already got paid out for the Mississippi River event. You know, part of that delayed period that he touched on was the whole uh, challenge uh, period. You know, you got uh, X amount of time to challenge a judgment on a fish. Um, so, you know, obviously they got to wait for that period. As soon as that's over, bam, they're paying out. Because if they pay out before then, you know, then, you know, places change, it could cost them a lot of money. Um, mm. So I thought that was interesting. Um, he also talked about the guys fishing the pro series this year um how they haven't gotten the recognition they should have or something along those lines i don't want to quote I have to agree with that 100 percent um but um you know he had talked about that so anybody that fished the pro division this year is getting their pro membership free next year so i was kind of excited about that yeehaw um, but uh, what else did they talk? They need about? to separate the pro events from the regular trail events too. That's something you you and Kurt touched on. They because there is a it's a different class. Yeah. yeah, they need to separate it. They have to separate that. It they, doesn't make any sense. They are working on that. Um, which I, I don't want to quote anything that I don't know anything about. So uh, or say anything. But you know, and I, I probably said too much in that Kurt episode. But I believe that is what's going to get changed up next year. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm not affiliated uh, you didn't with say anything KBF, too much. But, um, you know, let's hope. I like I like what Kurt talked about. Have 40 guys battle it out on one lake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting. I know there's a Pro Tour championship that's going to take place in Florida in January, I believe. Uh, right around the 10 Invitational time. So, mm. I don't know hmm. if that'll be in conjunction or what, but uh, we shall see. But uh, I thought that was some interesting news that was brought to light. Uh, go check out the weigh-in on uh, Kayak Bass Fishing page uh, from last week. Um, they talked about Hoover's accident, things like that. But he, you know, uh, the way that Butcher uh, approached that, um, I thought was really great. You know, he's like, look, no offense, but as a fan of the community, you know, we're seeing a lot of talk going on. What's the deal with this? And uh, Hoover answered everything um, the best he could, and um, it sounds like there's some changes made. They've heard the community, and they're going to make those changes. So I thought that yeah, was cool. Right on. That was just something I wanted to bring up on here. For those of you that are fishing tournaments or thinking about fishing tournaments but hear all the chitter-chatter in the background, uh, you know, and are afraid to enter the tournament world. So, uh, 
just some tidbits there. Yeah. Yeah, don't be afraid. Go for it. Everybody's doing it. Well, it's still it's still <laughs> a thing that's gonna. It's ever evolving, so it's gonna it's gonna get better and better and better. I mean, they got to make mistakes to know how to fix things and and to make sure. it better. If it went for the mistakes, they wouldn't be. They would think everything's going smoothly. You know, it it would be no well, room for adjustment. So kayak fishing is one of the fastest growing sports in the United States right now and right. the world. So it's like. You're going to hit these humps, these hurdles, these obstacles along the way, um, you know. Uh, yeah, and everybody's going to have a different experience anyway. Yeah, so right. Even, and thank God that everybody has a voice now, Yeah. <laughs> like on social yeah. media, Yeah. because it's done the yeah. world such a great thing. But yeah. a lot <clears> of sorry, accountability. A little, little satire there. But, uh, no, I mean, it, it's, you know, it, it is what it is. Everybody's going to have a different experience. You know, everybody's going to have a different opinion. Take it for what it is. I just know that, you know, if if there's, you know, guys and gals fishing tournaments, they tend to be at the top of their field um, at that particular way of fishing. And if you're comfortable with going against them in that fashion, go right ahead and do it. Um, Don't let anything stop you. KBF is, you know, one of the headlining uh, uh, com- you know, uh, I want to say community is the wrong word, though, organizations mm-hmm. that is, you know, trying to streamline, you know, how tournament fishing should be. And there are some smaller ones out there, too. Um, everybody, every it's a moving target. You know, every year there's something else. Uh, they're just trying to make it better. I know Chad's trying to better it for the community, especially for the guys, you know, again, to the pro team, you know, the pro guys and all that, fishing the mm-hmm. pro series. Yeah, I mean it's you know, guys and it, gals. Yeah, guys, guys and gals. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I got it, a quick. No, I'm sorry. Know, no, please go ahead. No, I sorry. was just gonna say like it, it's just take it for what it is and just know what you're getting into. You know, just know know everything about it and make a conscious decision. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. If you do want to do it, do it. You know, try it for a little bit. Who knows? Try yeah. try try the online stuff. Try the in person stuff. I mean, it's it's fun. Yeah, it, I mean, it is fun. Yeah. But I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I was going to ask, and it's it's trail talk, amongst other things, like trying to make stuff done or make stuff better. But how I guess KBF doesn't really help the trails out that much, that sponsor that put on the events. So maybe they would make some adjustments and do things for the actual trails that hold the events and make things better. They, Have you guys heard anything like that? Yeah, he addressed that in that. Did he? In, in that uh, whole aspect, and not only that, but uh, talked about um, doing separating some regions to split it up so it's it's more friendly, so to speak, for the anglers as far as drive or yeah, you know, travel goes and stuff like that. I know uh, Kurt and I had briefly talked about that on the reel down segment last week. You know, when you're driving 12 and a half, 13 hours to get to a tournament, man, that's that's some travel. That's some travel, mm-hmm. and that's some cost. And let's face it, you know, this this sport that we know and love is for the blue-collared angler. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if we were all loaded, we'd be fishing out of $90,000 bass boats, right? But 
Um, with that being said, you know, it's like, you know, if we can save some bucks, that might, as far as travel goes, you know, that might encourage more people to join in on these trail series. Um, so I, I, he did touch on that. I don't remember too much. I think I was more focused on the pro tour recognition, the payouts, things like that. The, the, the major things that they talked about, but, um, yeah, man, it's, uh, and not only that, but I know he did specifically say they want to get more support for these smaller trails that are supporting, um, these KBF trail events, you know, like I know, you know, Ricketts is part of Mayo. You guys helped with East West Harbor. Um, I know Moyak's helping out with the, um, KBF trails, uh, championship down on Table Rock Lake coming up next month i'll be at that um you know i'm just thinking things local to me uh great lakes kayak fishing they did the tournament up in madison you know so um you know it's great that these smaller trails get to help out kbf and it gets them a little bit more exposure however um you know the extra support from kbf i think will will be a great addition so to speak you know, and not only that, but, you know, um, you know, trying to make sure that the, uh, the big checks for all the winners are there, the, the trophies, I know they were doing something new with the trophies, um, I believe those are all made by Catch, uh, you know, Duke over at Catch, Catch Boards, Catch Co., um, shout out to Duke, but, um, you know, which are, are cool pieces of hardware, you know what I mean? But, you know, from my perspective, um, you know, obviously this is my rookie year. So, um, you know, when I decided to join the Pro Tour, and that was one of my complaints is, you know, they were going to help all these Pro Tour guys out, this and that. You know, it was going to gonna help grow the sport and whatever. And I'm all about that, right? Like, I talk about that all the time. So I figure, why not? Like, if I'm going to jump into this thing, let's go full speed ahead. And, you know, and I saw a tournament down in the southeast. Uh, I think it was that one that Christine Fisher won at Gunnersville. They called all the Pro Tour people up, named them off, gave them recognition, and then they announced first, second, and third. That has not happened at one Central Trail event. However... Um, I think in the southeast, that's where you got all your heavy hitters, right? And there's usually on average like 20 to 30-some pro people fishing. Whereas with the exception of the one tournament I missed, which was up at uh, St. Clair, you know, we've had 8 to 10, you know, in the Central Trails series uh, fishing the pro division, you know. However, you know, I'm... You know, we touched on this with uh, with Kurt and I, how it kind of felt wrong where, you know, there was a, a situation where I took second at Madison but placed eighth or whatever mm-hmm. um, in the trail. Um, however, you know, the guys that are paying $75 entries get to hold up this nice fancy check, and it makes them look good for their sponsors and, you know, pro staffs and all that stuff. And not only that, but it looks good when you're going to approach these companies, right? Whereas I'm like, yeah, took second in the in the pro division. And it was like, 
you know, at the weigh-in, and I'm, I'm not trying to knock KBF. I'm not trying to go down that road. I'm just using this as an example is that, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, and uh, for Pro Division in third place, we had so-and-so, second, Brian Schuler, first place, Dylan Fuqua. All right, good job. Move on. You know. Yeah. Um, I get it. You know, it's like we don't have a huge division. And that was a thing, too. I think they had some kind of check in place for those guys down in the southeast. Granted, again, I know the southeast is bigger. However, you know, that whole recognition thing and where I'm trying to go right now is what I wanted out of spending the extra thousands of dollars to fish this and i'm not getting that so it sounds like they're addressing that they're trying to make those corrections and help move on to the next well they need step. to you're talking about blurring major league baseball and with the minor links there's no right, right. separation and there should be it shouldn't you say cool man i got this big check awesome oh man you fished the 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 pro tour what's that mean yes yeah. i don't know you know right <laughs> i'm right. a pro so. You know, it's got to have that. Yeah, got to have that separation. It's got to be more prestigious. Kind of more prestigious, exactly. That's the perfect word. It, you know, you need to have that. So, right. because it is, because you're sacrificing a little bit more. The entry fees for some of those tournaments are astronomical. And don't you know? get me wrong, by no level am I a pro, <clears throat> but if I'm paying that kind of money to fish with the pros to see where I'm standing amongst amongst them, and I do place well. I want that recognition. But why wouldn't you consider yourself a pro? If you're fishing a pro tour, tour then you are a pro. You're a professional kayak angler fishing the pro tour. Right? Uh, that's where the controversy comes in. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, def- yeah. Th- there's a lot of controversy <laughs> around there. Like people like, you know, there's a lot of talk that people like myself shouldn't be allowed to fish the pro division. You know what I mean? Which, I thought the pro division would establish like. Yeah, whatever. I guess, I mean, I don't fish a lot of tournaments, so, you know, I don't know all of the yeah. backroom lingo and what's the lines drawn and that kind of stuff. You know, I, I don't. I just do tournaments for fun every now and then. For me, it's like, you know, a pool game. You just play against your buddies, man, win yeah. a few yeah. bucks, drink a couple of beers or something, and go home. You know, it's it's never something I've taken serious, so I don't know, you know, obviously. So if there's some controversy there, I didn't know about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, well, it was brought up that, you know, Pro Division is just uh, added by into the tournament series this year, which it is. Uh, don't get me wrong. However, you know, allowing anyone and everyone to fish it, um, you know, mm-hmm. that's where it came in, you know. That's Whereas, like, the season sticks, the best of the best should have been in that Pro Division, which I agree with. However, I saw an opportunity and I jumped into it so yeah but at the same rate though too i mean the way the way i view it is you you have so you got different tiers right so you got you know the pro tour and then you got the trail um obviously that is in conjunction with it but it it, you know i'm thinking it's kind of like like an open right so sure it's kind of like along those lines but it's like that like all the time um in the sense of like you're you know you paid your dues to get into like you know the, the pro uh division to to fish against all those guys now in my eyes that payout out of that group should be way higher just in general yeah. i mean I, I won't argue that and i think everybody will agree anyway um because if you are putting in 
you know, like the 250, isn't that what it is? Something like that to to fish one of the uh, one of the tournaments, yeah, something like that. It's 225. 225. So you're putting in that cash, no. and then when it's only 75 bucks it's for the other one, it's 250. Okay. Yeah. Either 75 way, 75 for the trail, 250 yeah. for the pro, and 25 for big bass brawl. 350 yeah. a tournament. Because hmm. to me, that's where the money should be. But uh, at the same rate. There's not enough people probably jumping into the pro, um, the pro trail, which is because maybe they don't understand or have the money to do it. Um, but again, like I'm saying, to me, it's like an open. Like they're all opens. Yeah. If you if you can pay the cash, you should deserve to to you know if you pay to play, you should be able to play. Um, and every now and then there's a ringer, you know that's or that surprises everybody and gets in there and wins you know or, or places high enough yeah. to make but i don't know I, I mean i don't see anything wrong with that aspect of it and like you were and then to your point jay like that you know to be like basically the way everyone views a pro fisherman is that 51 percent of your income would have to account for something in the fishing industry basically pushed i guess in the simplest terms mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's what most people yeah where's consider. that definitive line what what yeah. makes you professional mm-hmm. and also if you're a pro you shouldn't be paying any entry fees out of your pocket your sponsors so so oh. if kbf is going to have a pro tour then they need to promote their professional anglers and get them sponsors and get the sponsors to pay for this stuff i'm just thinking you know again i'm not an ang- i'm not a tournament guy but i'm kind of looking at it like why does that make sense but it also it has a lot to do with that. It's kayaking and not boat. You know, I mean that line it, it still exists and uh, it, well, it's the, it's something uh, new, right? It's the, yes, this not whole really. Thing is not new. really. Well, the pro tour but, is but yes. not new. The pro well, tour, the pro is, tour is new, yeah. but yeah, but, I mean, but what, fishing is not new. You're you're talking about a ninety thousand dollar bass boat versus a kayak, but everything in the middle is the same. You yeah, got the but, same guys. Yeah, but everybody's late to the late to the party. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like everybody's joining the table now. Like like little by little, everyone's joining the table. It's getting the respect it, it deserves. You know, not, and also, and I was just talking to Glenn about something kind of like this. You know, now you're starting to see like where there was a few like good bass fishermen that were always at the top. Now there's a group yep. of got you know guys and gals that are always at the top now. Um, and and those are like you know and and that's just going to keep happening. Not in you know, basically, you're going to have like 50 people like at a tournament. They're going to be super hard to beat. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a grind every time you go out there. And what does that say? That there's a lot of awesome um, anglers out there sure. that just couldn't afford the ninety thousand dollar bass boats. Or well, you know what though? It I don't. <clears throat> sometimes I don't even think that's it. I think a lot of like a lot of people like the just the the, the personal nature of it. Just you know yeah. being so. It's just like your own little watercraft, and you can get around and do whatever you want. You know, I mean, pretty much. Like, they just think of the waters we can get into that bass boats can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, but, you know, again, I don't know. I, I think you're going to have a lot of views on what the pro series or, you know, or the pro trail would actually be, you know, what the definition would be mm-hmm. to whomever. But, you know, I, I my point is, is that if you, you know, have to pay to play, and if your entry fee is higher... The payout should be even absolutely, yeah. Like it should not be an average. It shouldn't be. Well, at the same rate, more people need to get into it, or they need to find a way 
to bridge that gap to put people to basically uh, uh what am i trying to say here to influence and and make it seem like it's a good idea um you know to to start doing that series instead of the trail series yeah you know what i mean and, and to it, that aspect like the the payouts it's top three regardless unless it's less than seven people like think is the way it works out then it's top two get paid um you know percentage wise payouts are there or are decent um but that was another thing that was addressed as well on the way in was um you know they based payout structures for the trail events top 10 get paid regardless it's the same payouts regardless of entrance and they based it off each trail event having 100 entrants now some events especially in california had more uh same thing with the southeast they had more than 100 and you know there was some complaints that you know we had 130 people payouts should have gone to top 12 or whatever um however those extra 30 people helped cover the 30 people they were short in the central division or the northeast division or you know whatever it may be um so they're going to restructure that because it was basically um trail event first place got two grand uh second place got a thousand third place was like 950 or something and then so on and so forth down to 10th place which paid two hundred dollars whereas on the pro it was just the top three and it was based off the number of entrants which typically that's that's how it goes like usually it's for every 10 people a place is paid out and then they have certain percentage is of the prize pool that was going to pay out mm -hmm. those guys or gals um so yeah, it'll be interesting to see the changes that come about. Um, it seems like uh, KBF, Chad Hoover, Joe, all those guys, they're listening to the community and they're addressing mm -hmm. those changes. Whereas, you know, and I, I, I hate saying this, but I think in the past, from what I've gathered, it they listened to the community somewhat, but they didn't always make those changes. Mm -hmm. I guess is a safe way of putting that. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. Well, and, and, and it's probably extremely difficult because, again, so many opinions are involved in this. And it's a business at yeah. the end of the day. Well, So they have to stick with a business plan probably throughout the season, maybe leaving room for all, some kind of alterations along the way accounting for you know um something not to match up you know like basically having an alternate route um but you know again you know i i'm armchairing it i'm, I'm a part-time tournament fisherman yeah you know so i don't want to ruffle anyone's feathers this is my opinion mm -hmm. but i mean it's like but that's what people are talking about i mean we all see the chatter in all of the groups you know yeah. and some are harsher than others so, you know some are constructive some not so much <sighs> what i mean yeah but i mean that i'm not gonna post I'm not going into any details with anybody. I'm well, just saying right. the, the vagueness of it is to right. stay away from that. But I'm, what I'm saying is that it, it's hard to please everybody yeah. in the bass fishing industry. We all know that. And yeah. it's 
no matter what you do, you're going to have people that love what you're doing. People or hate what you're doing. Yeah. So it's like, if you don't like, and, and it goes back to one of my other podcasts. If you don't like it, don't do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's and, all I can say. It's like, you know, it's, it, you have to know what you're getting into, you know, and then don't be surprised when it's not, uh, you know, not what you expected. And Brian, right. I know you're the closest to this out of all of us, mm-hmm. you know, uh, well, between me and Jay. Um, so, I mean, I know what you'd like to see, but again, it's like, you're, you know, you're talking about like this stuff's been, you know, it's been talked about, you know, yeah, these guys and, know what's coming. Yeah. And typically I'm not very vocal on this type of stuff. I kind of just sit back and just do my thing and watch this all unfold. But I thought it was great that Hoover addressed these questions to the community that have been brought up so many times. Um, but to your point, he did touch on the business aspect of things and he did say, Hey, this is a business. And I think right now, like as far as trail series goes, I forget how many thousands of dollars he said that the trail was in the hole because they made these guaranteed payouts. But, you know, because they made these guaranteed payouts, it made it more appeasing to the anglers to sign up for these. You know, especially in the central, man. Uh, what the hell was it? Uh, just in um, in Missouri at Mark Twain. What did we have? Forty-seven people, and the top ten got paid. I mean, that's just messed up. And first place took home two grand. So think about that. Something you just said just didn't register with me. So, so in Missouri. Because every KBF trail stop has set payouts, regardless right. of the number of entrants. No, but, but before that, you said that they're in the hole. They're not yeah. in the hole. Mean like they're losing money? They've lost money on the trail series because they set these guaranteed payouts. And this is the example I'm giving. Mark Twain, oh. they had 47 people, okay? Um, yeah. And first place got paid two grand okay if you take 47 people times 75 dollars in entry fees that's only 3525 dollars that doesn't even cover the top three payout spots plus there's permits there's um you know permits, so they're, they're taking the, attorney the X membership fees, fees and filling yeah, in the gaps yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah taking membership so it, fees all that stuff yeah. so now the attorney x i bet you there's something worked out there i bet they're not again it's that speculation yeah yeah Yeah. it's still a service yeah i don't know guys you know jay and i well we're all businessmen we all know we we all know that the meat potatoes of business if you're taking a loss monthly then you have a failing business but but at the same time especially i mean even the way illinois you know views it um as when you're a business you know you're allowed to fail like i believe four out of the five years that you're running the business. You got to be profitable one of those years. What, I mean, again, we do not know this for sure. We're no. just, we're, arm, we're armchairing this. 100%. Exactly. Um, you know, you, they're experimenting probably, you know, I would expect, and they want to do good for the community. And every now and then they're probably overextending themselves kind of like to Brian's point. Mm-hmm. And this is direct relation. So they're trying to see what'll work. Sometimes that stuff's a loss. And, you know, the true formula of uh, success is you have to fail to succeed. 
Absolutely. So you got to see what you got to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Absolutely. You know, and, and then I get it. I do, you know, it's, it, and I don't have any, like all the answers that is for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know how to run one of these tournaments. I don't know everything that goes into it. Obviously the KBF is a huge, yeah. you know, Don't it's like it a, out. they're just a huge organization compared to all the smaller ones. So I can't even imagine what it's like to nationally run something like this. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's probably nuts. Yeah. We wish them the best of luck for sure, man. I know that's not an easy job and it's got to consume probably every minute of their life. That has got to be so hard. Sure. I would just say that everybody just needs to be, patient with it and again just know what you're getting into and be comfortable with it absolutely and then don't badmouth it later when it doesn't turn out now constructive criticism is one thing but pure negativity tasteful tasteful criticism so one thing you know we were talking about earlier about the whole pro separation you know something that just scratched my head out man is like if you're, let's say you're a lure company, and I'm talking like KVD or something big like that, striking, why wouldn't you want to be on board with these kayak anglers? Because there are more people in kayaks. I know must put money on this. There's probably more people in kayaks fishing than there are big, expensive bass boats fishing. You know what I mean? So I just don't, I mean, with, with professional kayak anglers on a pro tour, not getting sponsorships blows my mind. I mean, it blows my mind because there's if if I'm if I'm going to be drawn to a person, of course I got a little bit of bias here. I'm not a I've never been in a bass boat, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be drawn to to a professional angler that I can more relate to, and that's going to be easier for me to get into that sport. Now, is it going to be easier to get into a, a bass boat? No, no. I mean, I'm not willing to mortgage my house to do it. Is it going to be easier for me to go and get in a $500 kayak? Or a two hundred dollar kayak, or three hundred dollar. Yep. Will I be using the same gear as the as the bass boat guy? Yep. Will I be throwing the same lures? Yep. Why wouldn't you want to get? I just. Why wouldn't you want to sponsor a pro tour like Brian? Why wouldn't you want to? If Brian's out there winning, winning championships, winning winning these tournaments. If Eric Siddiqui's out there going you over to, to Australia. You want to know why I'm not getting this? Why not? You gave me a nickname of Toes. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> well. This, we yeah. already have Brad the sticks. I couldn't give yeah. you the same stick, so. Yeah. And you told me to cle- keep it clean on here, so I can't give you my other nickname. <laughs> so toes came out. But you know, you know what, Jay? Like, I mean, I, I think it's coming because it is. It has You're to. Start, it has to. It yeah. has to. Especially when ICAST was like, as I understand it, about eighty percent of kayaks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. I mean, it was it was heavy in kayaks this year. Yeah. They they see the trend. More people yeah. are doing it. It's coming up. Again, that line exists. It may not exist for all of the companies, and I know they're exploring. I mean, because you got like Ron Champion, and you've got, you know, um, uh, well, everybody else. You know, even Jim Sammons. I mean, like everybody is getting, you know, sponsored and like legit, you know, getting paid to, you know, endorse companies. But there's only a handful, and I don't think they've gotten it. Again, the KBF just started this this year. Yeah. So. Right. It's could be big things in the work again. I don't don't think think it's worked out yet. I just don't think that the formula's worked out yet, and that's what they're trying to do. So, well, um, yeah, but these companies need to follow. You know, they should follow. They should follow what's going on. Yeah, I believe. I just think they're late. I just think they're late to the party. Yeah, this is all pre-speculation. I mean, like you said, it could all change. 
next year completely different. And we're not be. seeing anything that isn't out there in public now already. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're not. Conversations not. have been had like ten times over, hundred times yeah. over. It's, so uh, everybody just wants to. Yeah, this has also come from a non-tournament angler. Like I've I've competed maybe five tournaments all year, and you know I'm just thinking outside the box. If I'm thinking it, I know people like Brian are thinking it. You know, yeah. guys that have a lot more invested in it than I do. So if you want to sponsor a guy with the nickname Toes, hit me up. Yeah, that's right. I'll be waiting by the phone. I think it'd be a cool lure. One that looks like a big toe. Oh my god! Slamming bass Stop. on it, dude. Some trocar treble hooks on there. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, the, bottom, the bottom line of what we're saying here is support all your uh, all your local trails. Support KBF. Just keep supporting everything. It's gonna get better. <laughs> well, and I mean, it, with yeah, that being said, you know, it's like that's what we're trying to do here: support yep. all these trails uh, with our reel down segment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Give them more notice. Um, you know, because that's the thing too. Like, you know, uh, I didn't know about some of the trails going on here locally until I met Jay. You know, it's uh, you know Jay told me a lot about them. You know, so that I think that's that's the thing. You know, a lot of guys don't realize, and I get that question all the time. Um, you know, with people coming in the kayak shop, like, so you're the fishing guy, huh? Like, yeah, I fish, uh-huh. fish a lot of tournaments, this and that. You know. And they're like, oh, they have tournaments for this? Where, where are those at? And I'm like, yep. you know, you have to explain, like, you know, uh, KBF Trail Series. And then you got your local clubs. And, you know, some clubs only allow X amount of anglers. Some clubs are open to all anglers, things like that, you know. And they're, like, totally blown away. And these are new people getting into our sport. So, um, you know, when when trails start getting a national recognition from – you know, bigger companies and bigger platforms, you know, you're really going to see the explosion. And that's the thing, man. I think, you know, we talk about kayak fishing blowing up right now. We're, I don't even think we're close to seeing the peak of that, you know, in my opinion. Um, no. And no, I, I think a lot of people would agree with that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it's coming. I mean, it's every year it's bigger and bigger there's more money i mean do we fished for a hundred grand like yeah you know not too long ago i mean that's nuts yeah i fished for a hundred grand yeah even this last year (laughs) mike elsey took home over seventy thousand dollars yeah for the national championship 78 i think just just this week uh 74 guys i think it was fished for fifteen thousand dollars yeah down at the flw kbf cup that's crazy. You know, and I throw those numbers out at, like, some of these talks and stuff I give, and, you know, people are like, what the heck? Like, I didn't know about this, you know? So, I mean, just think about that. You know, eventually it's going to end up being kind of similar to what BASS and FLW does where they have these smaller leagues and you work your way up into that pro league or you fish an open when your way into fishing the thing like the Forest Wood Cup, where I think Forest Wood Cup first place takes home three hundred thousand dollars. Three hundred k. Somebody just won three hundred thousand um, dollars yep. this past weekend fishing the FLW Forest Wood Cup. Wow, that That's is life changing money right there. 
Oh, even dude, even in today's day day and age, that seventy three seventy four thousand dollars that Mike Elsie won, that's life changing money, dude. That's for, a year salary for people for for fishing out of a little plastic boat. You know what I mean? So, coming <laughs> seventy four grand. Let me see. I could pay off my student loans, my car, a couple credit cards would be gone. I don't have a lot, but. Then I'd have money in the bank. I could take a vacation. You obviously didn't pay attention in school. What a waste of money that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Department of Education is getting a, they're making a lick off of me. Uh, <sighs> that was my jab for calling my nickname Toes. Uh, I think it's a cool nickname. I love it. <clears throat> I don't. It's catchy. I don't. My normal, yeah. We're not going there, but anyways, uh, <laughs> I guess enough uh, enough KBF talk. That was just something I saw in the yeah. in the news. Um, let, let's talk about a brighter thing in the in the kayak world. Absolutely. News. Let's talk about the Westbrook Wednesday Jackson Bike Giveaway. Dude, that was amazing. So if you guys don't uh, follow Westbrook Wednesday. Scott Butcher is the host of that as well. <clears throat> Westbrook, Westbrook Supply Co. down there in Georgia. Um, they had Miss Jean Wilson on, which you guys are teammates with. What a wonderful lady. I listened to that interview, and I was totally blown away. What a great, humble woman. And uh, I know Jean's been following some of the stuff we do. So, if Jean, if you're listening, shout out to you. But... Um, they had interviewed her and, uh, they reached out to Jackson kayaks and Jackson gave up a bite to give away and they had a photo contest and, uh, I think they narrowed it down to 20 photos and let it go for a week. And it came down to, I think it was like 16 votes between the first place and the runner up. And, um, it was like in the last hour they the the guy that won came from behind and uh, won by 16 votes and they had him on and uh, his son was there with him and they revealed that they had won the kayak and unbeknownst to Westbrook and Mr. Butcher and everything uh, this father and son uh, who is a military father um they kept going back to one of the photos in the contest and it was a young boy that had lost his father a year ago and uh, the picture was of him duck hunting and the kid wanted to win the kayak you know because he I uh, believe the kid was like nine or ten years old and uh, you know he felt like uh, you know fishing was something he used to do with his dad so that you know keep him connected and um, this this father and son that won this, you know, had looked at that picture and the son who is, uh, I think 11 years old, you know, said, yeah, dad, you know, if, if we win, that boy deserves that boat. And, uh, you know, he deserves it more than us. Uh, you know, he's, he's kind of going through a rough patch. Uh, we don't need that boat. You know, we can end up getting another one or whatever. And they announced that right there on the spot. And Butcher, you could see he was choked up, man, holding back tears. And I know me personally watching that, like, I was crying like a baby. I was like, holy smokes, man. 
like i know we're goofballs but we do have hearts here mm-hmm. too you know and uh just unbelievable unbelievable the reach out from the community and what a good day in the kayak fishing community you know you got mm-hmm. all this negativity and stuff mm-hmm. going on you know about payouts and stuff like that and you realize that's just all bs we're all here for a sport we love and then you have a situation like this where this dude wins a photo competition and then turns that boat over to a kid that's more deserving i mean how awesome is that yeah i mean it's dude you'll see it everywhere i mean there's times of greatness I remember when Ken Wood went over um, in Kentucky Lake in that freezing cold water. His drive broke on his FD. He lost all, a ton of stuff. Dude, he had almost, like in a day or two, had almost like everything replaced. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say everything, but he had a lot of stuff that people gave to him. You know, rods and reels. He got lures. Jackson gave him a lower drive for free. Yeah. They just sent it to him. Not a lot of people know about that. Right. But I'm the one who handed it to Ken Wood. Yeah. You know, and Jackson came through with it. I mean, that's how strong the community connection is with everybody. And it extends, obviously, through just regular Joes like us, you know, that can hand over, you know, hand over a boat they just won to somebody else. Absolutely. You know, because, you know, and that's in, you'll see that even on smaller scales, too. I mean, you know, people, hey. You know, you need a rod and reel to fish with, you know, or blah, blah, blah. And, you know, somebody hands something over or some baits. I mean, it's, yeah, that's that's pretty great, man. I mean, that's what a sentiment to, you know, it's, what are you guys giggling at? Like, well, you do know we're recording a podcast, right? I know. This clown, like, you know, we're trying to be serious, <laughs> talking about the good of the community. <laughs> yeah. I, I can see these dorks reading phone, like on video right now. So, yeah, you guys may not know that, but we're... We're recording this too, and I can see these dorks, and they, they're both giggling like those schoolgirls. This is why Ricketts is like a two-year-old man. We're trying to yeah. talk about a serious, positive thing going on in the kayak fishing community, and he puts a post up saying, "Recording a podcast with Jay Randall and Brian Schiller, nothing but good laughs." Hashtag Brian the Toes Schiller. Or hashtag the toes Brian Schiller or something. Oh my god! I can't help it. This is why we don't do podcasts, just the three of us anymore. You know, it's it's got to be a guest so we stay focused. I don't know why I'm not drinking moonshine right now. You know, now I really wish I would have brought the moonshine up. Oh, can you imagine if we were all in that moonshine right now? Oh goodness, (laughs) we'd get nothing accomplished. We but anyways, I, you know, what you were talking about, Jay, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, just, just look at the feedback that we've gotten from the people we've helped out. You know, I always bring up my cell phone story, but you know, it's like <laughs> so many people have reached out because of that. And they're like, man, thank you so much. Like I almost dropped my phone the other day in the water and like, I wouldn't have had money to get a new phone or you know, that would have cost me a ton of money and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, you know, that that's the thing, man. Whereas, you know, no knock on the boat guys, but a lot of those guys, they don't share a lot of their tips and secrets yeah. and tricks. 
and that's the one thing about the kayak fishing community man we're just a sharing loving bunch and we just want to see everybody have a great time on the water so no you're you're um i thought i had do i have it up here no i don't have it up here with me your hack with the card and the uh, yeah. 60 pound braid yeah. it saved me it's yeah. it saved me a couple times yeah. it's a good hack to have man yeah yeah i can't do it in mine you can't do it he's got the life proof case it'll it'll make it not life proof yeah. <laughs> if i do but that new that that other that what is it that lanyard retractable thing yeah yeah it, it's yeah. like flat on the back of your phone now that looks yeah. interesting because you know I, I haven't said anything about it, and it's not even a big deal. I'm just going to make a PFD change probably this season or, def, or definitely next season, but I'm not going to be wearing the inflatable vest anymore. I'm going to a regular pocketed PFD for a few reasons. Main reason is because I got nowhere to put my phone, and I'm getting scared about dropping it in the water. After dropping uh, the GoPro? Oh, dude, yeah. I'm tired yeah. of spending money. And, you know, let's face it. This stupid thing is worth a lot more than a GoPro, yeah, yeah. you know, but, but I mean, I'm looking to make a change too, but I, I really like that, that, uh, retractable, like flat profile, yeah. you know, it'll go perfect on the back of this life briefcase. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's convinced me. I'm like enough to be like where I know I need to do it. Sure. Cause it's only matter switch of time. Up my vest too. It's, we'll have to yeah. brainstorm which, which vest you want to get. I've been wanting to switch up mine. It's just too bulky. It's too much out front yeah. of me the roku uh, yeah i don't know you man. sure you sure that's the vest <laughs> <laughs> hey dude i'm right here okay so i ain't hiding nothing you know that's just, i mean like okay so everybody i'm fat and uh i wear um my, i wear an inflatable because it doesn't have such a bigger profile sure yeah well that's, you know, you know yeah, and I'm it's husky. cooler it's a little yeah. cooler you know like that's 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 cute jay yeah, let's no, see. I'm yeah, I'm a husky. I'm a husky, husky guy. Yeah, that's what, cute. What are we talking? You know, my vest actually fits. It's you're up talking here. like your mom. You know, it's like <laughs> you know what your husky you, you know what your problem is. You're going down to Skyline Chili too much out there in Cincinnati, yeah. brother. That's yeah, what your problem is. No, but but I mean, but yeah, dude. It's like some of them are out there are pretty bulky. I think the Chinook is where it's at. Honestly. See, that's the raccoon, the Chinook are the same. The, yeah. the problem, and this man, you know what? This I probably need to do a review on this. But um, when when I when I I like mine to fit normal, and I have the yeah. straps, I like to fit up. But it the the front of the vest pulls out, regardless of what you do. It always pulls out. So when you go to look down, like your mouth and everything fit down inside the. It's it's weird. It's weird. It's driving me insane. Just but, uh, you need to loosen up your skinny, shoulder. Dude. You need to loosen up your shoulder yeah. straps a little bit. Yeah, but then it hangs down and it's like not where it's supposed to be. So I don't know. I haven't found. I'm gonna I'm gonna research some vests and see if I find something else. Maybe yeah. Maybe I I would definitely mess with like you know having it up higher and then you know messing with like your back part as well. Yeah. yeah. Back rotation. You know, just see like what and then see if you need more tugging like around your ribs to keep it down or something. I don't yeah, know. have it more back like this instead yeah. of this yeah yeah i mean because quite honestly too i mean if you've got like you got a belly on you you're adding more thickness to your butt yeah, than you man. want to and, i mean that's you know i've stayed away from it but i'm like dude it, 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 there's too many pros to it versus the cons yeah. like yeah. i got it because now then all my you know then i'll have like pliers or forceps yeah. like right here yeah and, you yeah. know 
it's like everything should be right here on right. your vest. Not to mention, I want to get into more big water stuff. So I want to be like safe, you know, and yeah. not have to worry about something malfunctioning. And, right. you know, not that like my Onyx vest would ever do that. I'm just saying like, I just, I don't, for me, I think it'll feel comfortable be, just because like when I go to these different places, I can take my vest. I have everything centralized. I'll know the how functionality of it's great. And when you open, so like if you get the new Chinook, which is the same thing as the Raku, the Raku, it's just different backs on it. Okay. Chinook has got the hump, the Raku's flat, everything else is the same. But when you open up the pockets, like the the functionality of the vest is great. I just cannot stand how that top just pulls out all the time. Yeah. Well, and I will say this too that like um like Onyx, uh you know full disclosure, I am on that team. So, but I took an interest in the Pike vest, uh, the new one this year because they're doing like the new back style. I think that's starting to come out more where it's more of a, a longer back um so it's not like the high back like you've been seeing like what you're talking about it goes down a little more and the whole point is the ride up what they're trying to do is avoid that and but anyway the functionality of that one is like through the roof versus the onyx mm. kayak one um it's i don't know the functionality is just there i trust nrs so much i have a lot of their gear and that that would be my hardest part of getting away from that like if they could just fix that if if the strap there's something with the straps you know what i mean because there's something there that's going on that's causing yeah you know what you might want to look at is some of their uh safety rescue vests that's Mm -hmm. not as intruding um yeah upper part of your body However, it doesn't have that zipper in the center. It's almost like a pullover or a slide over. Um, yeah. I mean, I rock the Chinook. I love it. I've got no problems in the 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 whole functionality of the pockets is what I really dig. You know, like yeah. what Jay's talking about. Phone. Yeah, my Your phone. phones fit in that pocket yeah, too. Yeah, big so, phones fit in that. Yeah, but um, yeah, that Roku. You know, it's kind of got that longer back, like you were talking about, Jay. It's not like the pillow puff up at the top of the shoulders, which I know when when we talked to Ricketts the first time, you talked about wearing that vest because of the blue sky seat, which whereas, I love. Whereas yeah. I'm a taller guy, so that pillow pad puff thing goes right over the back of the chair. Yeah. So I don't have that issue that you have. So, you know, uh, to each their own. You know. We all got. You know what? You just brought up something really interesting because now, now it's dawn on dawning on me why that's happening. See, with the what's happened is the back of the vest is riding up because of the back around back moving around, and it's going like you know every time I do that, so it's riding up and it's pushing that front out. So yeah, that's exactly maybe you need to try a Chinook. Yeah, maybe it's just an adjustment thing. Maybe if I adjust it to where it sags lower in the back, it'll it'll want to fall down more or not. Right, right up. up yeah yeah toy yeah. with it man toy with it for sure yeah that was interesting so yeah cool man well you just shot a bunch of video for uh torquito torquito yeah absolutely that was a blast we had jeff little out and uh had a uh, me jeff little and a couple of local guys that are on the loveland canoe and kayak fishing team out with us that was that was a blast we had kurt smiths um he was on their torpedo fishing team. He came out with us. We did a 12 mile float, which was not, it, it was not your, your just run of the mill 12 mile float, man. Like we, we got hit. The forecast said it was supposed to thunderstorm at five thirty that night. 
we got hit with six thunderstorms mid noon, mid to early afternoon. So it uh, it was it was kind of interesting, man. It was the way the whole thing. We I think we were on the water for maybe thirteen hours, recording and doing stuff. Caught a lot of multi species and stuff like that. So it was fun, man. It was a fun day. We had uh, Nate, our shop manager. Shout out to Nate, man. He uh, he was like the hero of the day. So Little Miami has like the Little Miami rivers obviously got smallmouth. We have like saw guy. We have like sauger. Rumors of a few walleye. You know, catfish, rock rock bass. It's you, it, everything. You know, stuff that gar stuff like that. No more river fish. So the river was probably down two and a half, maybe close to three feet from normal pool, and it was running like. I don't know, 600 CFS, if that, you know, it's really slow. And so we, we can, we're towards, we're in mile, let's see, we did 12, so we're probably mile nine into our trip. And we're, you know, we're all getting kind of wore out and tired, uh, soaking wet from the lightning and the thunder and the lightning is a whole nother story. So we, we, we stop at the end of a pool, but a beginning of a riffle, if that makes sense. Then the riffles were like just stupid, stupid shallow, right? You you were dragging the whole time you're going over them. So we stop. Nate Nate's standing up on his mayfly and he's throwing out, you know, throwing out. Uh, I think he was throwing a bluegill colored square bill crankbait. Okay, uh, I was throwing the Ned, and I don't know where Kurt and Jeff. I think Jeff was throwing a gold um, lipless crankbait, and I don't know what Kurt was throwing. Um, so you know, I'm having a few hits on the Ned. And then all I heard, I hear Kurt just hooping and hollering. I spin around, and Nate's poles doubled over, right, doubled over. And he's standing up on it on his mayfly, and he's going towards the rapids. His back is towards the rapids, so he has no idea what's coming at him, right? And he's fighting, he's fighting, and and it's panicking, like it's everything's it's just happening so fast. He's getting ready to go down the rapids, and he knows he's got to get that fishing board. He's going to lose it, so he went to boat flip it. And when he he had no idea what it was mind you until it came out of the water when it came out it was a 10 plus walleye not a sauger not a saw guy but a walleye and jeff little to this day said that was the biggest river walleye he has ever seen in his life so nate has this thing midair you know get ready to boat flip and his his pole snaps in half obviously you know huge fish on there snaps in half severs a line and there it goes and then you know he's but the, the excitement that he saw man it was it was freaking awesome dude look on his face and how excited he was about that i've it, it, jeff and kurt said it looked like jaws coming up out of the water like the head of this walleye was so big you know it was like monstrous so and i never knew that they even that we even had walleye in there I heard rumors but it's never been confirmed and that was the first time and i've been fishing that river oh god i'm 41 i'm 42 I've been fishing that river since I was 11 years old, 10. That's I've never caught one. So you ever, you ever thrown a bluegill square bill in there? No. <laughs> you probably that might be an old timer. <laughs> yeah, the, the bite was, and you know, as weird as it was, it was a, um, it was a uh, a freshwater drum bite. That day, the yeah. drum were hitting more than anything. You know, it's like uh, Kurt caught a few smallmouth. Jeff caught a few smallmouth. Jeff caught like a couple drum. Kurt caught a couple drum. Jeff caught a flathead. I caught a drum. It was uh, so at the uh, the 
lightning storms were off the hook though like, we had one storm go up and it circled back and came back on us like it was it got to the point the rain was so cold man we started getting worried because we were soaking wet and the rain was cold and we started shivering you know and jeff actually had an interesting story about getting hypothermia in august he said you know this is not the first time this has happened to me and if it ever happens to you the first thing you want to do is get in the water you know jump in the I was water because the water is 80 degrees yeah yeah so i was like oh that makes sense so um lightning's going everywhere it's it's crazy this thick humid static just big lightning i get up on the river bank and i'm like cool man i'm gonna eat this snickers bar and drink his gatorade and just let the storm pass and i swear you a lightning bolt must have landed 10 feet behind me because it <laughs> i jumped a mile in the air fell down the river bank and fell into the water <laughs> i landed right next to my big rig man it scared me to death just was, electricity you sissy yeah man it scared me and i didn't know what to do after that i was too rattled i couldn't eat nothing i got mud all over me you know i'm all banged up like did you bring a change uh, of underwear or what yeah. And no, didn't I was oh, it's still I look back at that like man, you big sissy. Somebody caught that on camera. So you know, you know what though, dude? I mean, lightning ain't nothing to mess with because I remember ain't. when I was younger. <laughs> what like we it was like late at night, and we were hanging out. At least bet you know when I was young teenager, and where it's like you know past curfew, and we're hanging out at someone's porch, and then lightning hit a tree right in front of their house, and all of us were in front, and we were all talking. All of a sudden, everybody went quiet, and you like. It took a good few seconds to get your sight back, but during that time, you're like, "Am I dead? Like, yeah. what's happened? <laughs> like, you're yeah. just like, you're just like. I mean, you you couldn't see anything, right. like anything, right. yeah. you know. So, I mean, that's the real deal. So, I mean, I'll give you that. Yeah, you know, it was uh, it it was definitely different. Torquedo did really well in the river, man. You know, even shallow, like he uh. When we got there, I had the shop demo on there. He goes, no, 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 put that back in your shop. You can use mine. It's the same motor. That way, if you break it, you're not out. Your your shop demo isn't out. So he had a rock guard on his, um, which is just like aluminum pipe that covers pretty much the base of the uh, of the torpedo motor. And we had the torpedo 403A, and I had a smaller battery on there. That's a demo battery. But uh, I did 12 hours, and I had 26% left over after 12 hours. And, wow of water time you know and that was with the small battery if i had the 403 ac which extra capacity for the um the bigger battery i think kurt had that and jeff had that and they still had 60 or 70 percent after 12 hours wow so yeah i mean it did it did really well and if you guys remember the first time i came back on the first time i was on your show talking about blue sky and a flex drive e and how i said oh you know torpedo may be in trouble i had no knowledge of ever using a torpedo when i made that comment you know and now, not only do I have knowledge of the Torquedo motor, but I have it from Jeff Little himself. You know, we were we were using it, and I hit this. Uh, he was we, we were filming. I think the total film time, if you count the installation video that I did with the Friday before with Aaron Steiger, I think we had my total day on that video doing that video shoot was 17 hours, including dry time in that. And then the, the filming for, with Jeff Little was probably another 15 hours total, maybe if you include drive time and time we were chilling and stuff. So. Um, with, with Jeff in, in one full weekend with Jeff and Aaron, I've gotten th over 30 hours of education on the motor itself. And so we had one small hiccup with the motor when Jeff and I were using it. Cause he told me, he goes, Hey man, go up river. I want to get video footage. You coming down, using that motor. I hit this boulder. It was just out of nowhere. And I knocked a rod guard loose. Um, so I got to see him fix the motor and man, that dude is like, Hey, give me this tool, give me this tool, give me this tool. And like three tools, he was 
had the whole thing put back together rock solid adjusted the trim on it so that would work with a shallow water and i had no more issues after that and i was getting five and a half mile an hour you know and i was using the big rig with me and all my gear and stuff it was pretty solid yeah it was it was great man the motor did really really good <clears throat> real easy to pull it up too I guess real easy to pull it up. So you reach back. If you're getting ready to get on the rapids, just yank that thing up. And I would absolutely 100% always have a rock guard on it if I was going to use it in the water, especially if you feel like you kind of have to drag across riffles or something, you know, I would just buy the rock guard. It's cheap. I would put it on there without a doubt. So, yeah, it was an eye opener, man. I don't, you know, Torquito is obviously, it doesn't have to worry about anything. And I think Torquito and is is a great great system man you know this is the first time i've ever had a motor on my boat so it was uh it was great i enjoyed it man. i enjoyed it a lot the ultralight is very convenient too you know you just lift up a lever and the whole daggone thing pops off and you put it in your trunk battery less than five pounds it has a handle on it and you know he was telling me about the battery too at the end of the trip he goes um whatever you do don't drop the battery and break the case because the case is meant to constraint a battery fire so it's a fireproof case that's on that and i thought that was really cool too so the lithium battery catches on fire inside that case it won't it won't escape you know so man that's pretty awesome just the engineering and stuff that went through there was pretty cool so interesting and he had the big boy motor and i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head but it's their new motor it's not released yet it's like the 1100 or something like that yeah the 1100 watt yeah yeah yeah, it was nice. A little heavy, but it was nice. That thing's going to move. You'll get about seven and a half, eight, depending on your watercraft with that. Nice. Seven and a half, eight miles an hour. He, uh, yeah, man, he's he's real cool. Like, if if you ever buy a Torquedo and you put it on there, there's some stuff you probably just wouldn't think about, like how to calibrate it. He, he taught me how to calibrate it right there on the water and stuff like that. Like, it, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool, man. He's a good dude. He's been all over the world fishing. He's just a fun guy to talk to. Real nice guy. Real easy guy to talk to, too. Very so, cool. Yeah, good stuff. When are we having him on here? Uh, I talked to him about that. He said he's definitely interested in doing it. He's uh, he's going to be gone for two weeks. Like The Torquedo video is not going to be edited for two more weeks. So when he gets back, we'll have him on. You hear that, so, Mr. Little? We'll be talking on, to buddy. you. Just say yes. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a great dude to talk to him he's a real easy guy to talk to man and he's just real personable and you know it, it was cool so it Very was definitely cool. a good time well those cool. are made in my hometown where i grew up man crystal lake illinois so nice interested to hear about why they're there but uh yeah very cool man um before we started this, I guess Mr. Randall has a story to share with us from uh, a recent outing that he hasn't told us yet. <laughs> this gonna be a, is this going to be a campfire? Yeah, tale campfire tale. We haven't done a campfire tale in a hot minute, so I guess here we go. Jay Randall in your All right, campfire everybody. tale. Get your marshmallows out. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> no, so, uh, yeah, I went out to uh, Lake Wingra up by Medicine Chain with uh, – Pat Keating, the Filipino ninja. And, um, yeah, we were, I went out there initially trying to get on some musky, uh, which showed to be very unproductive, or maybe I just don't know how to fish for musky. Not sure which one it is. I think I'm going to go with the first one. Unproductive. <laughs> they just weren't biting what I was throwing. And my stuff's good. I mean, believe me, it's fine. Anyway, um, so yeah, so we're, you know, we're cruising around. I, I basically, I start fishing for bass. 
you know, throwing some worms, getting a couple hits. Uh, they're just not taking anything. Um, me and Pat end up catching like two dinks, except I caught mine on a Rapala because they were chasing uh, bluegill. Uh, I, to my knowledge, I thought they were shad, but um, they were th- basically, you know, it was like watching a water boil at, at times. So I was just thrown into the water boil and I was able to reel in uh, Rapala and catch a couple dinks. Well, as the day grew on, um, you know, we were beating the, the, uh, you know, the, the edges of the weeds, uh, the depths weren't getting anything. And then later on, we figured out that, uh, well, I was frogging and I wasn't getting anything. And then me and Pat were like, why don't we just go try out in the middle of the water? Uh, where, you know, it's, you know, about eight, nine feet and the grass is probably about four to five feet. Well, lo and behold, we ran into a school of angry largemouth. Nice. And, uh, so, you know, so I was throwing, uh, what was I throwing? Um, so Pat, well, Pat was throwing like a green pumpkin type bluegill, uh, type creature bait and they were just killing it. And if anybody knows me, if I'm throwing a worm and you're catching a, you're, you're catching fish hand over fist on a lure that's working and you offer it to me, I'm going to tell you no. <laughs> because I don't like to catch fish. Yep. So, you know, I'm just so proud because I, I have so much confidence in the stuff I'm using that, like, you know, granted the confidence may be that I'm not going to catch fish at this point, but there's confidence in that bait, you know, either way. So anyway, he's doing that. And I'm like, all right, man, I'm going to go to something else. I was like, you know, I've got something that I'll throw. So here's Jay being not Jay going, you know what? I'm going to try something different. <laughs> so then I reached in the bag and. And I've got a couple different things that I that I usually try, like creature bait wise. But I started throwing a crabby bass uh, dangler, and this is a kind of a cool bait. It's a little smaller profile. It was the right colors, green pumpkin had, uh, you know, blue and orange glitter in it. Um, had some salt in it, and I start throwing it Texas rig with them. Man, I tell you what, they just start slamming it. I mean, they were some mean little things, dude. You're pulling up 16-inch fish, and they feel like they're tanks. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, Pat Keating is is quite the fisherman. He's pulling up some 18s. I mean, he pulled up, like, I think it was, like, three in a row. He got, like, three 18s. But on, like, one of the 18s he was pulling in, um, I was trying to be his cameraman. So, you know, we're, we're casting. You know, I caught a couple of fish. He's, you know, having a great time. Um, I cast out, and then Pat all of a sudden hooks into this fish. He's like, dude. He's like, this is really easy. This is a nice size one. I'm like, oh, all right. So I put my rod down. I pick up my phone. Uh, I've already started doing some video. And then all of a sudden, my rod just gets like ripped off of my. Well, it gets it just moves no all the way to the edge. It moves all the way to the edge of the kayak. And I'm like, I'm processing like, what the hell just happened? And all of a sudden, boop, right into the water. <gasps> and I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm like, uh, 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 uh. And Pat's like still catch he's like dude he's like well let me try to help you know i'm like everything's happening so fast i'm like oh my god and then i'm just watching the i'm watching the rod just sink 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 and i'm like oh my god dude i'm like i'm like uh what do we do i'm like and then i'm thinking is there still a fish on the end of that thing because i'm like it just i mean it ripped it off my kayak dude i mean like i've never seen a rod just get ripped off my like a kayak ever (laughs) and um, it was, I don't know. So anyway, Pat lands his fish, puts it in the net. Um, and then, so then what we're doing is I immediately like waypointed. I'm like, boop. I'm like, I need to know where my rod is. 
So all of a sudden, it turns into a, a recovery mission. You know, so then I'm like, I'm taking her, I'm taking one of my other rides. I'm sticking it in the water, bringing it up. I'm like, where is this damn thing? You know, I was like, there's other issues at hand here. Um, and then I got off the side and I'm like, Pat, I was like, maybe we should throw a jig, you know, something like that. So then, you know, he pulls the jig up or he starts casting the jig and he goes, Jay, he's like, look what I got. He pulls up, dude. It's my rod. No way. Yeah. That was like 270 bucks. That basically, I was going to ask you how much you had in it. Yeah. It's like 270 probably, you know, right? and, and I'm like, dude, thank God. And then and I'm like, Hey, I was like, is that fish still there? And he like, his, he, he like lifts up the tip a little bit. He's like, I think so, man. He's like, here. So, mind you, it just fell in like the worst seaweed I've ever seen. Like, there was, I had braid on there. I don't know what happened, but somewhere down the way, like, it like bonded to the braid. So, I'm like pulling seaweed. I, dude, there was a salad on this thing. I mean, it was bad. Wow. And, and then, like, I sort of lifted up, like, oh, it feels like tension. It feels like tension. It's not reeling it. There's no damn fish. But I mean, <laughs> I get my lure back. Right. So, that would be great. Right. Right. So I had everybody on their toes. Oh, my God, he's going to catch the fish. No, I didn't. But, I mean, I got everything back. But it was funny because I was more upset that I didn't catch the fish. Because I'm like, dude, the way he pulled that thing off my kayak, I don't know how he didn't set the hook on himself. Right, right. I, I have never seen brute strength like that from a bass ever. Like, to just, I mean, it's not like the thing was hanging off the edge of the kayak. It, it was, like, I usually bury at least the reel under my seat. It's right there, and oh, it was just an amazing time. But it was just oh, funny. Crap. We were laughing about that, laughing about it the whole time. We're just like, dude, isn't it funny that that's the one thing that you're irritated about the whole trip? You know, <laughs> it's like you didn't catch the fish. Not the fact that we got your, you know, your rods back in your, uh, you know, back in the in your kayak. You know, you got everything back, and I don't know. But it was just amazing to see. So I guess what I'm really trying to say is. Don't ever cast out a lure in the middle of a largemouth school and then put your <laughs> rod down sit. and then do something else. Do you know how many times I do that? I do that. Dude, they're gonna I'm Dude. gonna lose one time. I almost <laughs> I almost lost a rod last night after I finished live streaming on the lake. Travis and I are heading back in and I'm like, Oh, I'll grab a rod out of the black pack behind me in the blue sky. And I had pulled the rod out, and the rod behind it had kind of come out. And the oh, next thing yeah. I know, it fell in the water. And I'm like, no, no. <sighs> so I stuck my rod tip down in there. I caught an eye guide, pulled it back up. But then the rod came out. Yeah. The rod I was using to sort it out, stuck it back in. And the whole time I'm going, no. And Travis is just sitting there laughing laughing he's closer to the water he's in the big rig hdfd i'm in the blue sky and like four times started pulling it up almost lost it i got the rod back i was like nice i I I got a video i lost the rod once and then like six months later i found it down river and i have it on video where you i turned around saw the rod disappearing in the water and then like six months later i was fishing on the river and hooked into the rod pulled it back up <laughs> what kind I of dumb luck is that i know and I, I think i have pictures on my facebook of it too i just don't know how i've dumped so much stuff in the water this year that's why i'm afraid about my phone i'm like this is next here's a question i just know it here's a question <clears throat> for jay randall did you have a savior device on that rod 
Um, so I, I did, but there's see, this is the thing. It's not their fault that it didn't work. There's two reasons what happened here is that I, I wasn't changed. wondering if it worked. I was just wondering if it would eventually no, like, come it, up. It would have it would have worked, but it's my fault because every year what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to switch out the uh, the salt tablet. I'm okay. saying that's my word for it. Uh, I haven't done that in two years. Oh. Um, I've become very complacent with it, uh, even after that one fell in the water. And I didn't realize it because me and Pat were waiting for that bobber to come up, and it never did. <clears throat> but I don't think, even if it would have popped, if you would have seen the mess the weeds. That, that came up with this thing, I mean, it was... Dude, even when I was dipping the rod in, I was, like, scooping up that slimy crap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was everywhere, dude. I mean, it was... So, I... It's not... I'm going to say... I'm not even chalking it up to them. It's definitely not their fault. It is my negligence on that. That's why I didn't bring it up. But, no, I was just curious if you had it on there, had yeah. had you guys not hooked that rod would you know, no, you still I had did. a chance to get it back. I did. I did, but it's my own negligence. I, that's why I said I chalked it up to that. I didn't want to give uh, Savior any bad press because it's not their fault. Oh, I wasn't trying to give him bad press. I was trying to give yeah. you bad press. I know, I know, because I, <laughs> because I was gonna actually, I was gonna make that joke about yours, but I was like, I'm not saying anything because my situation, like, yeah, it was, it was there, and it's. That's you know, interesting. But, I didn't know you had to swap those tablets out every so often. Well, yeah. Well, think about it, too. Like, we, we do the tournaments, and, uh, you know, I, well, I've had a couple that started to not fail, but when the thing, when, when that tablet isn't, like, intact, uh, the spring will start to push out the the, the bobber, the flotation um, uh, buoy. And I've had to actually replace them um, in the past because of that. Once I start feeling that, I'm like, oh. When in reality, every year I should be doing it because when we're sitting out in like tournaments, especially when you're sitting through storms, you know, or even when you're casually fishing, when you're getting rained on that rain, the moisture still does something to the salt. <laughs> it still gets in there. And uh, but uh, yeah, so I didn't switch that out. Um, and actually, I'm actively in the process of doing that now. Nice. Because um, like, uh, yeah, me and Pat had a long talk about it. I was like, "This is my fault." I was like, "This is totally my fault." Yeah, no, that's <clears> interesting. <throat> so it sounds like that fish dragged your rods down into the weeds, and then was like, "Yep, I'm done with this guy." Yeah, dude, he was gone. That's I mean, crazy. Just gone. I mean, I'm telling you, if you would have seen how fast this thing got ripped off the kayak, it would have blew your mind. But it was a, it was basically a testament to like. I mean, this was like midday, you know, so it's like the hottest part of the day. The sun's yeah. like, you know, it's bluebird skies. It's just nasty. That's the reason we, why we went to the middle or not to the middle, but to the deeper water where the grass was. Because we're like, well, let's just see if they're out there. And once we figured out the profile they were hitting, it was like hand over fist. But man, dude, they were so angry. Like, I don't know. Every bass I meet now is just angry. Yeah. <laughs> like, Heck yeah. They're just they're so damn strong, you know. Yeah. But uh, no, it was it was a good time though. It was, I mean, what a, what a learning experience that was. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lake Winger is a you know it's got a lot of bluegill in there. If anybody's uh, looking to go fish it, nice. I hear it's quite it's quite the place to go uh, during the uh, winter season for ice fishing. I hear a lot of guys get out there. But um, yeah, it was fun, man. Good time hanging out with Pat. 
Um, you know, and it just so happens we got to hang out, which was cool, which happened last time, too, because we did that drift down to, uh, to Kishwaukee. But, uh, yeah, he's a good dude, man. I dig it. I yeah. dig it. Yeah, buddy. Well, you guys got anything else to add to this? I don't jumble of a of a podcast but i know right i think it was long overdue man uh i miss doing the ones between all of us i know uh we got something in the works for another one uh you know between the three of us regarding pro staffs and things like that yeah so uh be on the lookout for that but uh yeah man it's good catching up with everybody and switching switching gears for a second here and you know, covering a bunch of good stuff, man. Good stuff. So Absolutely. Yeah. Miss your voices. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> With that being said, the Yeah Buddy t shirts are now up on the paddleandfin.com store. Just go to paddleandfin.com, click that store tab. That'll take you to where you can purchase the t shirts. Use PNF15 to save 15% off all your Paddle and Fin swag. Help support those that contribute to the podcast. Is also, PNF15? PNF15. It's fun to make you say it again. PNF15. PNF15. <laughs> uh, be sure to check out the blogs. Uh, we've been revamping the website as we've been telling you guys so uh be sure to check that out if you guys got a question comment uh want to hear future topics something of that nature feel free to email us at paddle the letter n and fin at gmail.com or hit us up on our social medias facebook instagram at paddle and fin um shout out to rocktown adventures loveland canoe and kayak hammered lures coyote sunglasses and the one and only Fish Mob Lures, Mr. Jay Randall. If you guys are looking for some killer buzz baits or other interesting fishing items, check out that Fish is... Mob. Oh, look at that glare. Yeah, it's a buzz bait. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Also, Southern Lake Co., uh, check that out. Um, you know, Austin over there has been working on some new designs and stuff for apparel. Um, and he's also been working with Nichols Lures uh, for some spinner baits. So check those out. Mayo Kayak Anglers, check those guys out on Facebook. They sponsor the Reel Down episode. As always, remember the plastics recycling program, you guys. Eric Richards over at Hammered Lures will take your used, beat up plastic baits instead of throwing them in the garbage can put them in a plastic bag throw them in an envelope mail them to the address in the show notes eric richards melts those plastics down he makes new baits and he donates them to heroes on the water what a great idea so be sure to take part in that uh if you guys are in the northern illinois southern wisconsin area and you're looking for a new kayak we have our last demo day of the season at Rocktown Adventures on the 17th. Get signed up at rocktownadventures.com. With that being said, gentlemen, until next time, tight lines and smooth paddle. Yeah, buddy.
Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. to go like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.